Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers and mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. This reading is from Numbers 20, verses 1 to 2. 1 to 13, and then 1 Corinthians 10 um, from verse 4. So when I finish the reading, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord, to which you respond, thanks be to God. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin, and they stayed at Kadesh. There Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord, why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness, that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates and there is no water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, we must, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. These were the waters of Meribah, where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord, and where he he was proved holy among them. And they drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Um, so good to be here. Um, all right. Um, let's just. Um, all right. So, happy new month. Um, this is the month. Personally, I am going back to the gym. Um, I'm, I'm determined. This is that month. No, it's not like the one we said last month. This month, I'm going back to the gym. And I'll tell you what inspired me about that. Um, um, recently, a couple of weeks ago, I was I kind of parked somewhere. And then I was walking down. Um, and just like a random area at night. And then I'm walking down. And these guys, you know, just street guys, you know, just random guys, see me walking past. And then, you know how you just want to greet somebody randomly? So 
Um, you know things like, I mean, if you live, I don't know how they do in Lagos, right? But you know things like Yellow or um, Chairman. You know, you just look at somebody and you associate a name. You get right? Yeah. And so they just look at me and this guy just say, Biggie. <laughs> and I have never, <laughs> you know, um, thought of myself in that regard. Like, so I'm like, when did this happen? Like, you know, I just kept walking and I'm just thinking, Biggie. When did this happen? Like, you know, I started remembering, you know, just everything and all. And I was thinking about how, you know, I live in that, right? Um, I, I'm the one living in the fact that I just got big without even knowing. Um, and there's a way you can just be in it and not realize. So, you know what I want to say to you guys? I'm like the outsider saying to City Church, biggie. Like, like, do you realize how much is really just happening on you guys? You know, just coming in here. I'm just so inspired. Um, like, you are in something really special. And um, I'm hoping you don't take it for granted. I'm hoping you don't take for granted just the amazing church family you have, what God is doing, you know, just the amazing team. The music was so inspiring. Um, your leadership, um, I hope you don't take it for granted. Um, biggie, right? <laughs> you know, um, you guys have um, amazing, I, I, I can just see the effect of amazing staff, leaders. And I think your pastors are really special. Um, Pastor Femi and Pastor Tose. I know you don't put the titles there, baby, but um, they are two of the most generous, kindest people um, that my wife and I know. Um, just the few years that we have known each other, um, I don't really rate Arsenal fans, but um, <laughs> apart from that poor decision in his life, I think, I think he's a really amazing um, person. And I want to say thank you for, you know, just everybody who has been involved in just hosting us. Um, Emmanuel Ampel, let me thank you. Um, Emmanuel is, I think we're going on almost 20 years now. You know, I was telling him yesterday, when you can say, you know, 20 years, that makes you feel old. Like, we've, you know, um, and, you know, you guys have fed us. I feel like we can go on in the strength of this food for 40 years, 40 <laughs> days, maybe. Um, but um, if you are new or visiting in City Church, welcome. Um, I, I just want to say, I think you have to still come back next week to hear the amazing preaching team, you know, that they have here. But um, just endure this for today. Um, I'm going to speak to you in a few moments on um, what I'm going to call Rock Your Life. Um, so would you, just before we pray, help me look at somebody and say it like with an attitude, like Rock Your Life. Okay, look for somebody that you'll be more comfortable with and um, kind of give them an attitude, right? It's okay if you're a lady to do something like, you know, like, you know, like Rock Your Life, right? Um, fantastic. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this amazing privilege opportunity that we have to just gather thank you for the amazing things you're already doing this service this time together that we have thank you for the people of city church thank you for the leadership thank you for this just amazing thing you're doing i pray that as we speak today you'll make your word so simple that we would understand but let it be so profound that it'll make a mark in our lives forever amen. thank you so much for it in jesus name everybody said amen amen, amen. all right um have you ever been in a situation where you know um just the course of events and everything happening, your response really wasn't what you expected it to be. So I'll give you an example. I remember when my wife was in um, labor for our first child, and um, you know, labor was just going on and all of that. And of course, she said things that um, she never planned to say, you know, and all of that. Like you know, just that intense moment, all of that going on. 
And um, here I was in, in our family. I do the crying. My wife is like the strong woman. That, um, so I'm crying. She's in the pain. I'm crying on behalf of her, the child to be born, you know, all that kind of stuff. Shout out to every guy who cries, you know. Um, and yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, and so, so she's in labor. At some point, she faces me and says, baby, baby, the remaining we will adopt. I'm like, OK, no problem. You know, just all of that kind of stuff going on. And you know, we had walked this journey. In fact, our daughter was born a couple of weeks after the EDD, I think. Um, yeah, you know, uh, we carried that pregnancy. Um, we, uh, we carried it together, right? She in her womb, but I mean, <laughs> everywhere, we carried that thing. And um, so I'd look forward to being a father. I'd look forward to, you know, just the moments um, when you just take your child on a stroll and, you know, just walk together, go on a vacation alone. You know, I just had all those things flying in my mind. I knew we were expecting a child. I knew. I thought I knew until, you know, the matron in the hospital, they were just monitoring the labor and the progression, and then um, she just says, oh, okay, we're ready. And then she just turns to me and says, bring out the baby things. And I was just confused. Who's baby? <laughs> Am I going to have a baby? Like, suddenly in a moment, I just started shaking, like, baby things. And then my wife had, was giving me instructions before and saying, babe, this is the bag. This is what, you know, she would wear. This um, is for that. And I thought I heard. Um, but when they just said, bring out the baby things, here I am, um, just shaking. And then I just gave the woman the bag. And she said, bring it out now, you know. I just poured everything out and, you know. Um, I didn't see myself reacting that way. Or maybe for you, it's not even um, that kind of stuff. Maybe it's just something that was supposed to be really exciting, you know. You had looked forward to it. And then your response just didn't match up with what you thought it was going to be. Um, or maybe you got really angry. And, you know, in anger, there are kind of reactions that you would expect. If I'm angry, you know, maybe, yeah, okay, I know we're in church, but maybe, maybe you do things you're not too proud of when you're angry, you know. I could just get angry, and one last my official did something, and, you know, you just had to say things, say things, say things today. I'm going to show you, you know, and all of that, right? But can you imagine being angry and performing a miracle? Like, I'm angry, so I walk a miracle, you know. Um, Moses was that kind of guy. Moses is angry. Um, he performs a miracle. So, so, so we, we know the story. The stubborn Israelites are back. You know, stubborn Israelites now they have a new complaint. This time it's water. Um, you know, I feel like the Israelites are like that um, um, woman in a marriage who, um, you know, just always just you know just flips things up. You know, like we don't have cotton bud in the house. And she's like, ah, and my mother had warned me about this marriage. You know. <laughs> We don't have cotton board, you know. Um, you know, you are having fun with your husband. You just go to throw away the bin. And then, you know, you share bin with your neighbors. And as you are emptying your own dustbin, you just see some of the things your neighbors have put there. You're just sad. You're just sad. When will our change come? You know. I feel like the Israelites were, or, or like the man who, who married a woman and, you know, he's, he's going out and he meets a friend and then his wife mixes up the name of like his friend, he's supposed to be Femi, and then she just said something like Feye or something like, and then, and then, and then, I'm not referring to anybody in particular, but, but you know, and then the guy's like, ah, my grandmother had warned me I should not marry somebody less educated than me. These are, you know, that's, it's not that deep, right? It's not that deep. Israelites, it's not this deep now. Okay, you've seen so much, you know, you've come out of Egypt, you've seen all that God did part of the Red Sea. Okay, now we don't have water. Okay, okay, but it's not this deep. Um, but Moses is angry, 
So let's be fair to Moses. Moses doesn't have many options when he's angry. You know, some of you are angry and you can really, um, maybe you work in an office and you just got really angry. You're the kind of person that can just walk in and, you know, just walk up to your boss. Excuse me, sir, you know, this organization is becoming a parody of a melody and it's becoming unbecoming. Okay. But when Moses is angry and you say, Moses, why are you angry? Explain why you're angry. He becomes more angry. How will I? He's a, <laughs> Moses is angry. Moses is the kind of guy that I think will be loud on social media. Anything that I can text, I can rant. But when you say, okay, come out and explain what you are saying. <laughs> Moses doesn't have many options when he's angry. And so, long and short, basically, Moses is angry. And, you know, he just walks up. The Bible says in Numbers 20 from verse 10 that we read. Um, and he just gathers and he says to them, here, you rebels. Must we bring out water for you? Must we bring out water? And Moses lifted his hand and said, must we bring our water? <laughs> and the Bible says water just started to gush out. Like this guy is angry, he's performing a miracle. Can you see him like when he just strikes the rock and water is coming out and, and there he's just <laughs> like disteeming. And here are all the Israelites, millions rushing over each other, just drinking water, you know, the animals, everybody just drinking and all of that. Can you hear people just suddenly shouting, more baba? Miracle worker, promise keeper. <laughs> what are in the wilderness? <laughs> Moses, that is who you are. <laughs> oh, can you hear the guys? You know, the Bible says Israel, they were having all kinds of movements. There was already, um, you know, back to Egypt campaign. That was trending. Nedipu was the leader. There was another one, Occupy Wilderness. Was trending, you know, all of that going on. And... Suddenly, you know, the guys that were leading the campaigns and all of that, you just, you just see one of them walking out, you know. Moses, I celebrate you. <laughs> Our indefatigable leader. I always knew you could deliver. But, but friends, this is a miracle. Water coming out of a rock. It's a miracle. But the Bible says in that moment, God was angry. God is angry. I like Numbers 20, verse 12 in the voice. The Bible says the eternal one scolded Moses and Aaron for their actions. He said, because you didn't trust me and treat me as holy before the Israelites, you will not lead this group into the, in the land I've given them. Why? Like, I feel like this is a moment. This is a miracle. But the Bible says God was angry. So, so why is God so particular about the rock? I mean, water came out. And the answer is, I think, believe in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, which we read. The Bible says they, they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. You see, pressure made Moses strike the rock when he was to speak to it. It's pressure, mountain, the people, the complaints, agitations. Moses is to speak to the rock, and the Bible says he dishonors God. He goes to strike the rock. And don't we all face that same temptation every day? Just in the face of pressure, in the face of... You know, everything mounting up, you know, the expectations of a generation sometimes, you know, just all that's going on in the world, all of that, all the thirst, the longings, the, you know, sometimes it's just that thirst, that longing, desires, passions welling up, all of that. And we face that same temptation, I believe, to disregard the rock, to dishonor the rock, to dishonor who Christ is to us. I think we live every day, if we'll be honest, it's 2021, we live every day. Under intense pressure to deliver. Intense pressure. Waking up every day. Sometimes it's just the pressure of bills. It's the pressure of meals. 
Sometimes it's the pressure of, you know, just the world, the generation, what is expected, what the world calls success. Sometimes it's just the pressure to deliver. Timelines that the pressure puts in front of us. And what I want to say is that many times we fall victim of overrating the desire for results and underestimating the means to the results. So it's just about how do I deliver the results? It's not even about how. It's not even about, it's just about delivering the results. It's a temptation that I think we all face. Um, you think about the three temptations that Jesus faced, and if you stop and just think for a moment, he's saying, turn stone to bread. And, and Jesus could do it. It's a temptation. Uh, but if he did it, if he did it, what's on the other side of it? It's bread. It's a miracle. But it's a wrong process. And it's jump down and he'll give his angels charge over you and all of that. If he did it, it's, it's beautiful stuff. But it's a wrong heart. It's a wrong process. It's bow down to be rich. I, that's a big one we all face. Just lower your standards. Just go through what I represent, Satan saying, to come into what you want. If he did it, it's a lot happening. It's a lot of results. And I think in a city like what you live in, as I just, anytime I come to Lagos, I'm sorry, but I don't like Lagos. Um, um, but anytime I just come around Lagos, um, I just feel like the pressure is real. The thirst is intense. You feel like I need water urgently. Like something has to happen. Maybe for you it's a season of life that you're walking through and you feel like it's a wilderness. You feel like things are dry. Something really has to happen urgently. Like some thirst in me has to be satisfied. Maybe it's even just something personal like, you know, just sexual pressure. Like urgently something has to happen. Um, maybe it's cravings. Maybe it's, maybe it's something in business. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's school life. Whatever. Just that kind of pressure, like something has to happen. And the truth is we are human and the pressing cries of thirst and, you know, sometimes just the agitations of everything happening around us, it sounds in our ears. But listen to what Moses will tell you. If Moses walked in here, Moses was going to advise you. Listen to what he'll tell you. He'll tell you the big question of your life is what you do with the rock, not whether or not stuff is happening. Because he will tell you the big question of your life is what you do with the rock. Because in the end of the day, it wasn't Moses. Hey, Moses, you got water out of the rock. At the end of the day, it was Moses. You did the wrong thing to get water out of the rock. Moses will tell you, how do you treat the rock? Results will never justify processes. True success is not just a place that we get to. It's also in the how we get to that place. You know, you think that maybe it shouldn't matter to God. Why is it a big deal to God what Moses did with the rock as long as, you know, Moses was just passionate about helping people. You know how we live in that kind of generation where the world even tries to set an agenda on the church and, you know, it's this thing of what we expect of you as a church. And Moses was just about helping people, serving community, doing all those many, many things, many things that the world says, oh, that's the good church because they do all these things that it's like we're ticking the boxes to the world. We're ticking the boxes to the world. But Moses would say through that process, how do you treat the rock? The big question it's about who Christ is to us. Do you neglect the rock because of pressure from life, from people? To be human and to be in all those feelings is not a justification to dishonor the divine. It is an invitation to worship the divine. To be human is not a justification to dishonor the divine. It is an invitation to worship the divine. Whether you're in a wilderness season right now as I'm speaking to you or 
Maybe it's even just an area of your life um, dealing with things. Or maybe you're not. Maybe everything right now is coasting and you're doing so well on every side and all of that. There's an emphasis I would lay for a moment in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 4, how the Bible says that the rock followed them. It says they drank of that spiritual rock and the rock followed them. The rock followed them. And I want to say to people this morning, you know, whatever season of your life is, I pray today that you would embrace a revelation of the rock followed them. The rock followed them. We're walking in a wilderness and the truth is pressure comes because we're thinking, you know what, we're just abandoned in a wilderness. What's happening here and all of that. But the Bible says the rock followed them. He walked with them into every season. When you're on a high, when you're on a low, when you're in between, the truth is sometimes things are going so well, but you need the rock. Sometimes things are going so bad, you still need the rock. Sometimes you're somewhere in between. You can't even figure out what's happening. The Bible says those words that the rock followed them. I like that revelation that Christ is with you. That you're never alone, friends. You're not alone in this. Whatever that season is, and maybe you can't even explain it to anybody. Maybe you can't even put the words to it. Maybe it's just welling up in your heart. You can't even figure out. Listen, the rock followed them. At the end of our lives, when we look over our shoulders and we say, look at the journey we traveled. Do you know the revelation we would see? The rock always followed us. We were never alone. We couldn't always explain. We couldn't always see. We didn't always understand what was happening. Yes, pressure was mounting. Yes, we had to deal with things. Yes, there were questions we couldn't answer. Yes, there were needs that looked huge on us. Yes, there were seasons of our lives that were unprecedented, but the rock always followed us. That's our testimony, friends. You're not abandoned in the wilderness. The rock followed them. And sometimes the language is that we are so in tune with the pressure voice and all of that. But listen, the rock follows us. I believe that if we can open our hearts to embrace a revelation of God's constant presence with us through every season of life, through everything that we walk through. Maybe Jacob would explain this better than I can. Jacob would walk in and you tell Jacob, you know, I just saw you, Jacob, in the middle of nowhere, running away from home. You had lost everything. Middle of nowhere, you, you, you scammed, you thought you would get a blessing and things got turned on you. Now you are running away from being killed and you're just in the dark night, you're tired. You're tired. And he says, Jacob was just tired. Clueless. What are, what's going to happen? He's afraid. He's in intense pain. But the Bible says that in Genesis chapter 28, I, I just, let me just take it from verse 11. At that night when he stepped to camp, he stopped to camp at sundown, I'm reading in the Living Bible, he found a rock for a headrest and he lay down to sleep. And he dreamed that a staircase reached from earth to heaven and he saw angels of God going up and down. But, but you know the background to this, Jacob is running away, he's just in the middle, but the Bible says in his tiredness, he found a rock for a headrest. And I just like the wordings today, friends, because in that place God is standing and saying to him I'm Jehovah the God of Abraham and all of that the ground you are lying on is yours I will give it to you and your descendants you would have descendants as many of the as the dust and they would cover the land from east to west and north to south and the nations and all of that and the Bible says in verse 16 Jacob woke up and he said God lives here he exclaimed in terror I've stumbled into his home this is the awesome entrance to heaven have you ever felt like that? Maybe just Lagos life, your huge search for rest. Like I'm just tired. You know, I'm tired. I personally just feel sometimes I hear stories of Lagos and I feel it's unreal. You know, I'm telling, I'm telling my friends, you know, anybody on that, oh, man, I, 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 I'm telling a friend in Lagos, like, I'm stuck in traffic. That It's going to take me 15, 20 minutes to get where I'm going. And like, that's a clear day. It's unreal. The routines, 
just the life, the pressure. Do you ever feel like I'm looking for rest? But listen, in that revelation of the rock followed them, I feel like Jacob would tell you in my most tired moment when I couldn't figure out what was happening, I found a rock for a headrest. And listen, in the place of that rest, the Bible says, what was pain was becoming a promise. What he lay down in is just pain and I'm running away clueless and all of that. He woke up in the awareness of a promise because the rock followed. Jacob will tell you in the next chapter as I walked on and I got to, you know, where, where I, I met, you know, so, so Jacob is basically running away and all of that. Then in the next chapter, he shows up in Genesis 29. Um, let me show you from verse 9. He was still speaking with them. You know, the background of Rachel coming and, and all of that. Says Rachel came with her father's sheep for she was a shepherdess. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth. And watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And you read on the story, and that became his meeting with Laban and, you know, the whole life on the other side. But you know what I was thinking about? Because if you're asking Jacob, and he's telling you the whole story of his life and all, he'll tell you of a moment when I was just in a new land and didn't even know what to do. Um, then I saw a stone on a well. Um, and so Jacob, he's, he's single. Um, if he had a relationship before. Of course, he has lost it now. Um, <laughs> um, he doesn't have a job. He doesn't have anything happening in his life. He's just in a new season trying to figure things out in a strange land. But he saw a stone, and he walked up to it and rolled it. And he wasn't just opening a well. When he looks back, he will tell you, it wasn't just a well I opened. I opened up a new life. I opened up employment. I opened up a new relationship. I got a babe. I got a side babe. <laughs> I got prosperity. I, I know you don't need the side babe part, please. You don't need that. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> no, you don't. Um, but Jacob will tell you I rolled the stone. And I just basically opened up. So Jacob will tell you as I look over my life, the rock was just showing up in strategic places. I didn't even know what was happening, but that's the revelation that the rock followed them. The rock followed them. There was never a season when they were just left alone. The rock followed them. The rock followed them. The rock followed them. So, 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 so do you know what I'll tell you this morning, friends? Um, and maybe you're, you're saying, why would Jacob go and roll stone for you again? That's why you're still single. <laughs> it's, 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 it's what, it's what um, the rock followed them. There's no season, friends, that we are without the rock. There's no season. Maybe you're in a new level of success. You're trying to figure out how to handle how fast things are happening in your life. Listen, the rock follows us. It's not a God who just puts you in seasons and you don't have what it takes for it. The rock follows us. Um, but, but let me start to challenge you as I try to just get to where I want to go to um, um, this, this morning. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not doing my message in three parts. Um, <laughs> I just talk and you just listen. <laughs> um, so I want to speak to you this morning on rock your life. We're going to consider this in three parts. Where, where am I to drink the water? Is it before or after? <laughs> so, so listen to me, friend. You know, the truth is the rock follows us. But the question I'm going to leave us with today is, do you pick the rock? So in Joshua chapter 4, let me read to you from verse 4. The Bible says Joshua chose one man from each tribe. He called the 12 men together and he said to them, go out into the river where the ark of the Lord your God is. Each of you bring back one rock, 
one for each tribe of Israel, and carry it on your shoulder. There will be a sign among you. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these rocks mean? Tell them, the water stopped flowing in the Jordan when the ark of the agreement with the Lord crossed the river. These rocks will always remind the Israelites of this. So what if, what if you were, you, you know the whole story of Israel crossing the Jordan and all of that. What if you were one of the children of the children of Israel? Right? That doesn't mean you're a grandchild of Israel. I mean you are a, a child of, of an Israelite, right? That's what I mean, right? What if you were one of the children? And the Bible says that in crossing the Jordan, this is like a huge thing happening. You know, we just saw the waters part as the ark of the agreement came through and all of that. And, and the Bible says that Joshua commanded them and said, go back, go back. Every one of you go back and go and pick a rock from there and set it up such that your children one day would ask you. I say, what does this rock mean? And so what if you were one of them and, and then you, you just, you were growing up in the house and all of that and you just saw this rock that dad is so big about and, you know, dad just seems to be so freaked about the rock. He, he walks past it and he's just always smiling about it and, you know, sometimes he stands and he just smiles and shakes his head and he's just so big about it. And you're like, dad, what, 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 what does this rock mean? What is this rock all about? And then you'll just see his eyes lighting up and he'll start to tell you, you know, we walked through a season and, you know, we didn't know what we were going to do. There was a river in front of us, but would you believe that God parted the river and this rock, I picked it out from the middle and this is a reminder that God is always with us in every season and he would tell that story and, and the boy is so freaked and he's like, wow, like, like this God is so true and faithful and all of that. That's beautiful. But at some point, your younger brother is growing up, and then your younger brother too gets to that freak moment where he's just like, what is this thing with that? And he goes to ask dad, and he's like, dad, um, what was the big deal about the rock? And, and dad will start all over again and say, you know, many years ago, we were walking, and, and the Jordan was in front of us, and, and God, and he will tell the whole story all over again. And then you have another sister who grows up, and she comes and asks. At some point, you're almost like, oh, do, you, do you have to say that story every time? Do, do your parents have those kind of stories that they'll tell you, you know, it was 1971. And the Bible says, Joshua actually told them, don't just walk through the story. Pick a rock and set it up such that your children will come and ask you, what was the rock to you? And then you will start to narrate that story all over to them. God says, don't just go through a story. Don't just go through a season. Don't just be aware that the rock follows us. You pick up the revelation of the rock. Did you really take the rock out of what happened to you, friend? Did you really take the revelation of the rock out of that season of your life? You know what we do so many times is that we walk through the Jordan and we make it a story of how, ah, water almost got us, but ah, we shall escape. So it's a story of we shall escape. No, it's a story of the rock. We walk through seasons of our lives and we make it a story about people and what happened. Can you imagine if you are like David and, you know, David is facing Goliath and he's bringing out this story. But, but as I think about David talking about all that happened with the lions and the bears and all of that, I'm thinking, but, but there were many ways David could narrate that story. You could ask David, where have you been all your life? And he would tell you that in my family, they don't like me. I'm the one that they will send. All alone, lion. I'm, I live in danger of lion. I've been escaping. There was even one that came. There was even one that came. It was like this that I escaped. <laughs> you know, you can walk through stories and miss the revelation of the rock. You can walk through stories and make it a story about people. This person meant me for evil. That person, oh man, I've suffered heartbreak. Oh man, I've suffered that. Oh, yeah. You know, it is life. <laughs> Lagos people. <laughs> Lagos people. You can make it a revelation about people. Sometimes we make it a revelation even just about gender. Mm, women. <laughs> but I pray that every season of our life, as we know the rock follows, I pray we're making every season of our lives a revelation of the rock. 
Oh, yes, I know people meant it for good, but God kept you. God meant it for good. People meant it for evil. I said, but God meant it for your good. Yes, I know people let you down, but God held you up. Yes, I know people broke your heart, but it was God who held it together. Yes, I know you had nights that you cried and all of that, but how did you make it here? I pray that you will not walk through seasons and miss the revelation of the rock. Sometimes we walk through and we feel, you know, I'm just, it looks like I've just been lucky lately. Things are, it looks like things are just working in the economy. I pray you would walk through with the revelation of the rock. It was God who favored us. Maybe you look at it and you, you know, sometimes we are silent on the rock in the story. You know, you tell people, yeah, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, it's, you got saved. Uh, but we're like, no, yeah, I kind of made some choices to straighten my life. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. It was a revelation of the rock. It was a good savior who lived a life that you could never live, who died a death that you deserve to die, who raised to give you a life you never deserve to have. It's a revelation of the rock. It's not like, you know, I, I, I just kind of got to that point in my life where like, um, I like, you know, like, like, it's a revelation of the rock, people. And you know, the truth is Joshua is telling them, set up your life in such a way that they will be asking you, what is this rock to you? Set up your life in such a way that generations, parents, can I plead with you? Don't let's just give our children what the rock gave us. Let's show our children the rock. Don't just tell your children what the rock did for us and let's show them the rock. Let's build it in such a way that our children can't get away from that rock thing in our life. Why is dad all about the rock? Why is mom all about the rock? Why, what is Christ to you? I pray we will not just give them the fruit that the rock, oh, come and drink out of the water. I pray we would show them the rock. Yeah. Can you explain the rock? Is your life set up pointing to the rock? You know, it's easy to even come to an amazing church like this and say, you know, the people in this church are nice, oh, huh? They're nice, huh? They're nice people here, huh? I think people just like like me. It's just it's just nice around here. I just really like it, you know. Um, <laughs> they're cool people. Huh? See their music tunes, huh? nice. Oh, yeah, my homies, man. <laughs> no, just. Um, it's not just about nice people. It's the rock. It's a love that was worked in our hearts. It's an all-conquering love. Look, just look around the room. People, different ages, different tribes, different generations, different backgrounds. Look at us all together. Why? Because there's a revelation of the rock. There's a love that only a savior could work in our heart. There's something stronger that brings us together. And tribes and factions and division. There's something. I pray we'll not just be in this gathering and make it about us being nice. No, it's about the rock. Let's set it up. It's all about the rock, people. What do we do with the rock? I know there's pressure and all of that, but listen, what do we do with the rock? Go back over the story. Pick the rock. Set up your life to be an explanation of who Christ is to you. Make it a story of the rock. Make it a story of the rock. Some of you just need to embrace the power of selective remembrance. Selective remembrance. When somebody comes to you, have you been in like, a, a, have you seen like a court sitting before and all of that? And, you know, they're asking somebody a question. You say, I, I can't remember. I, I cannot remember. But you were there. It was just, I said, I cannot remember. Abby. What do we want to remember about the story of our lives? That the rock followed us. That the rock was with us. Does the sound of my life, my attitude, my vibe, my, who I am, does it look like I picked the rock? So, <coughs> excuse me. Let, me, let me start to land this morning. I want to be well behaved. I want to keep to time. 
hopefully. <laughs> now I'm, I'm well behaved um, when I'm outside church. Why are you laughing? You're making it look like I'm terribly behaved in church, not as much as Pastor Femi. Anyway, so, so my wife is amazing. My wife is um, amazing. We've been married now for seven years, seven years. Um, and it's been the best seven years, I promise, of her life <laughs> and my life. Um, um, and um, she's just amazing. I mean, she just inspires me in so many ways. I, I just get to live in, in, in this. I, I honestly sometimes just walk around and I'm like, but God, this is not fair. Like every other human being is battling for second best. Like it just gave me the best. And <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and and really, I mean, I and I and I and I mean, it, I mean it. I mean, I I mean it. Um, so I'm saying all of that because I'm going to say but. Um, but I do mean all that I have just said, um, and and I mean so much more than that. But um, yeah, but um, seven years of our marriage, there's some things we haven't been able to figure out. I'll just be honest. This is church. I'll just tell you guys. See if you guys can help us. You've helped us. Being with you this weekend has blessed us immensely. I told Emmanuel that I, if I just run away this morning before they come to pick us up, like it'll be a great weekend. <laughs> you know, and just switch off my phone and you know. Pastor Femi will just continue not liking Nigerian pastors and stuff. <laughs> so the but is that um, in our marriage, and if we can get help from here, maybe like a couple of things we haven't really been able to figure out in seven years. Um, I, I, I'm sure you have like a wardrobe at home. Um, so I'm not really talking about the wardrobe. I, I want to talk about the wardrobe door. One of us is of the opinion that the wardrobe door is a fantastic architectural concept for the placement of certain clothes. Um, there are clothes that are not clean enough to be folded back in. But they're not dirty enough to go for laundry. The men are saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so they hang. Yeah, right. Thank you. They hang. I, I, I'm just of the honest opinion that in God's creative genius, He created the wardrobe door for that purpose. And um, so my wife would. Oh, I've said who is what we said. But my wife comes and she's like, "Babe, is this dirty?" I'm like, "No. Is it clean? No." <laughs> um. <laughs> Decide. Um, Romans 9 and verse 33. I'll tell you what I want to say about the wardrobe door. The Bible says, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. You see, the rock is set up, but here's how I'm thinking this morning. Um, the Bible says on one side, it's, it's even that rock is a stumbling stone. On the other side, he who believes in him will not be put to shame. The rock is set up in the story. Rock is set up in your life. Rock is set up in everything you go through. Every season of your life, the revelation of the rock stands. You are never without Christ. He's there. He's walking the seasons. But my question is, 
Are you looking for a wardrobe door in that conversation? Um, are you believing? If I'm not on the front foot of believing, I'll tell you what, I'm dishonoring the rock. If I'm not on the front foot of faith towards the rock, I'll tell you what, I'm disregarding the rock. If I'm not on the front foot of trusting, of walking through the seasons of my life, trusting him, I'll tell you the truth, friends. I'm living in anxiety and in fear. There's just no wardrobe door in the conversation. It's either we are in or we are out. It's either we're believing in him or we are stumbling on that rock. And today, my invitation to everybody is do you reject or do you build? Do you reject the revelation that he offers you in every season? Or are you building on that revelation? Are you building your life on that? And so today, what I want to say to everybody is rock your life. Rock your life. I pray that you would walk out of church this morning with a passion like you've never had to say, you know what, every day and every season of my life, I'm rocking it, I'm rocking it, I'm rocking it, I'm establishing it on who Christ, I'm going to walk out of church today with a front foot of faith, a front foot of believing, I'm not the kind of, kind of, you know, kind of working to trust, kind of trying to figure out faith, I want to rock my life and establish it in the revelation of Christ. I want to be actively trusting. If there's a mistake you would accuse me of in my life, I pray it would be that I trusted him. If there's ever a failure I would have in my life, I pray it would be that I put my trust, but far be it from God that anyone would put his trust in him and be put to shame. Yeah. I pray today that you would walk out of those doors building yeah. and not stumbling upon that rock. Yeah. The rock followed them. Yeah. I don't know where you are right now. I pray you not wait till then when this season is kind of over. I don't know what's going on. Maybe there's intense thirst, intense pressure. But friend, you can rock your life and establish it on the revelation of Christ. He's the Savior who did it all once and for all. So that you can wake up in every day of your life and say, this will be a day and this will be a season to rock my life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos.